Floor behind the chair. This is America. Does everybody know what time it is? Fix It Radio. All right, and it is Fix It Radio. I'm your host, John Rush. Dennis Brewster with me today as well. And Bill Anderson from Arc Electric with us again today. Good morning, guys. Morning. Morning. How are you doing? Good. Nice day out. Yeah, not bad. Yeah. Looks a little cloudy. Got a little weather coming in. But, hey, that's all right. I'll we'll take, take it. it. Yeah, we'll yeah. take it. No, yeah. that's exactly right. We'll take yeah. it. So, anyways, we appreciate all you listening. If you got a question for us, 303-477-5600. 303-477-5600. Question of the day today. How many times have you been shocked doing something that you probably shouldn't have been doing? Yeah. Anyway. Or if you were doing it, you... Yeah. Didn't do it correctly and had a little. Uh, why turn buzz. off the breaker when you're doing something? Oh yeah, you know why? Why, why take all those steps? Why, why walk all the way back there? Yeah, that's a long way. It's in the garage. I don't want to walk all the way Anyways, over there. That, that's the question of the day. Along with uh, we're, we're going to talk today also. What can a homeowner or handyman actually do, electrically speaking, without being a licensed electrician? That's why we brought Bill Anderson from Arc Electric in. So good morning, Bill. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. We yeah, appreciate thanks it. Thanks for having yeah. us. You can find Bill, by the way, it's Arc Electric, Arc with a K, A-R-K-Electric.com. We want to thank all of our sponsors, by the way. We appreciate each and every one of them. But, Bill, answer that for us. What can a homeowner or a handyman, because, you know, you, people hire all sorts of things. Or they think they're going to fix something on their self, but what they don't realize is, in some cases, they're not only in over their head, but they may also be doing something that's not technically illegal, I guess you could say, but it's not within code and regulations and so on. So... A homeowner can, well, it's their house. They can, they can do anything they want, right? Yeah. And so theoretically, theoretically, yeah. Um, as far as um, a non-licensed person, if you hire somebody, you you really need to have a licensed person. As far as the state of Colorado goes, if you're not licensed, about the only thing you can do is change out a light fixture. Um, sometimes, you know, I've heard non-licensed people, handyman, say, "Well, I can change out outlets. I can, you know, install an outlet for a TV." things of that nature, and uh, per the state, that's not correct, because if you change out an outlet, you have to bring that outlet up to current code. So explain that. So in the 2020 code, and even going back, um, most of the circuits now re are required to have arc fault in all living spaces. And so if I change out a device, uh, I can't change out like for like. I have to change out and bring it up to the current code. So theoretically, you should put in an arc fault um, outlet in that in that place which by the way leads me to i know we talked insurance in depth last week right this is another area where you really need to make sure if you've got a especially those of you that have older homes you really need to make sure that in your policy you've got enough coverage where if you had any kind of a problem fire something along those lines uh you know damage etc that you've got in that policy those upgrades because some policies give you a little bit of money to do some of those code upgrades. And it really depends on how the agent or how the company actually wrote the policy, correct, Bill? Yeah, and there's a lot of uh, insurance companies now that are not covering if you have aluminum wiring in your house or if you have one of the old FPE or Zinscos, which lost their UL listing. Their fire hazards, they will actually melt 
Um, we've seen them go face-to-face. Okay, what, what, stop. So if I don't know what that is, people listening don't explain. What are those? Those are types of panels. Okay, yeah. so the Electrical panels. panels. Okay. Yeah, yeah okay. They're, they're type of electrical yeah. panels. They're, they're a manufacturer that was used in the 80s and 70s. Gotcha. And um, they actually lost their UL listing. And so you can actually take like a hot and a neutral and go to a direct short and those, they won't trip. Oh. They'll, just, they'll just completely melt. Gotcha. As far as the Zinscos go, the, the bus bar on the back was made from, a, from an aluminum alloy that it fluctuated too much with the current flow. And that was the same problem. There was about four years during the 70s where they used aluminum wiring in the house, and the alloy that they used just had too much fluctuation with the, the current flow. Gotcha. And so when um, – so how right, – Too much vibration, basically. Well, how, how current works and how a breaker works, it works off two principles. It works off of thermal. Right. Right? And then it works off of an electromagnetic field. There's actually a magnet inside that breaker. Right. And so as – Electricity flows on that wire. Um, of course, the faster it goes, the, the hotter it gets. So right. there's your, there's your uh, temperature. And then also, like this little tracer here, this little mm-hmm. tester here, uh, it's a non-contact tester. Yep, I have one of those. Um, they work great. Yeah, we call them tick tracers in the industry. Mm-hmm. But you just go up next to the wire, and it will glow if it's yep. hot or yep. make a noise or whatever. What that's picking up is that's picking up an electromagnetic field. Gotcha. And so now you're going back to you know your early days in, uh, in school where yep. you had – you know, north and south magnets, right, and right. and that's basically what electricity is, yeah. right? Gotcha. And and so when you displace an electron off of one atom, it jumps onto the next, and it, now you've got that principle of gotcha, positive, positive, and so that's what amp flow is, and so if the the faster that electron flows on that wire, the hotter it gets, and so if it doesn't sense that temperature, or on the aluminum case that aluminum will actually expand gotcha. with that temperature, and then it will shrink and back contract. down. Yeah, expands and contracts. Right, and yep. what that does is that ends up causing a loose connection. Gotcha, gotcha. And so the way we mitigate that is we, we do pigtailing, um, and we use what's called an alumicon, which actually has a, a lug for each of the conductors so that you don't have a dissimilar metal. And, yes, you have nolox, which is a antioxidant for dissimilar, but dissimilar metals. But we actually have strands that go into the lugs by themselves, which kind of reduce that, that fluctuation. And then we take a piece of copper uh, to the actual device so that you don't have that, that expanding gotcha. and contraction at the, at the termination. So gotcha. um, those things... You have to know that kind of stuff. And, you know, to, to be a licensed electrician in the state of Colorado, for a residential, you have to go to school and be an apprentice for two years. Gotcha. For a journeyman, it's four years. Okay. In order to be a master, you have to complete that process and then supervise, plan layout, and, and kind of show that you have a year experience as, as kind of a supervisor, and then you're eligible to test for a master. Gotcha. And so, essentially, in order to you know, own a company, be a master electrician, you know, you have five years of training. It's not something you can go away on a weekend. And learn. And learn. Gotcha. And then perfect example, just yesterday, so we do a lot of real estate deals. Okay. A lot of realtors will send us inspection reports. And we have to fix things to, you know, make the home safe. Right. Um, And we had one home inspector say, you know, your air conditioner um, wasn't protected because it was on a 50 amp breaker. And if you look at the nameplate of the air, air conditioner, it says a minimum and a maximum over current protection device that's required. This particular unit said 40 amps. The breaker was a 50 amp. And so he called that out. But what he didn't do is he didn't pull the disconnect because the disconnect had fuses in it. And the fuses were 40 amps. Gotcha. So it was perfectly safe, perfectly gotcha. legal. Gotcha. In fact, we, we, um, we work with Excel 
and we are one of their contractors through their HomeSmart program, which they go in and they, they replace right. air conditioners and furnaces and stuff, and we are their electrician for that. And so we had replaced or rehooked that air conditioner back up, passed the city inspection, and then the home inspector comes in and says, this is an unsafe issue, and, and really almost costs the deal, the state deal, gotcha. because of his ignorance. Gotcha. And I've actually had home inspectors kind of argue with me, and I've been I've been in this almost thirty years, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and, they're arguing with the wrong guy. And I'm I'm handing him the code book, and they're like, "What's that?" And I'm like, "Exactly." Yeah. Well yeah. said. Well said. Joel and Lone Tree, you're up next. What's going on today, sir? Hey guys, how's it going? We are good, uh, Joel. I love hearing Bill. Good man, love hearing Bill uh, just go on about all his expertise. I just want to give uh, a huge thanks to Bill and the team at uh, Arc Electric. Um, I'm like most people. I tried to figure out how to finish my basement, and so part of that you have to hire an electrician. And um, I actually hired somebody else not knowing if that guy knew anything about what he was doing. And um, as part of the process, he had to install a sub-panel, and it failed uh, uh, inspection, like spectacularly. Gotcha. So now I'm like... You know, is my house going to burn down? Uh, how do I get this fixed? I really didn't want that guy to come back, and I was pretty not happy. So uh, I uh, I called Bill, and uh, he came out, and um, he got it fixed and corrected um, within an hour. But more than just getting it right, like I realized that there was a huge difference between just people who say they're an electrician and mm. even own a business and a guy who, you know, really knows yeah. what he's doing. Well so, said. Yeah, so he came out, did that fix, and um, – now I'm never going to call another electrician. So well uh, said, yeah, Bill. Bill, good. Yeah, Bill and those guys do great work. So appreciate Bill and all that they do. Awesome, Joel. Joel thank you Joel. very much. Well. Appreciate the the kudos there. That is awesome. Jay Berger, our real estate uh, sponsor as well. Jay, welcome. How are you today, sir? Hi, John, Dennis, and Bill. Doing good. Thank you. Great. Good to hear from you, Jay. You're uh, touching on a really good topic this morning, and that is wiring with residential properties. Yeah. I've got a question for Bill. Uh, what is his question or what is his opinion on pigtailing? Well, I've actually got a number of different questions. Pigtailing, what's your opinion of it? Number two, are breakers being sold that are compatible to both aluminum wiring and copper wiring? And uh, what do you think of wiring that is actually un in unfinished basements that go under floor joists? When a home inspector typically sees that, they say that's not going to be up to par, and that is a, uh, a, that's a repair. In an unfinished area of a basement, should that be corrected? All right, let's take Great one. Great question, by the way. Yeah. Let's take one thing at a time there, Jay. So um, as far as pigtailing goes, uh, yeah, I think it's vital. Um, I have seen too many melted receptacles uh, with aluminum wiring. Uh, now, there's two ways to to pigtail this, and there's two ways to mitigate this. Actually, you can actually buy an outlet that's rated. I've seen those for aluminum yes. and copper. Okay, and yeah. the difference is is on the screw where that wire terminates. There's actually I'm going to, lack of better terms, call it a flap, and it's it's a it's a piece of metal that actually screws down onto the wire which causes a better connection versus wrapping the wire around the screw and utilizing the screw itself to hold that wire in place. Sure. Right. If you buy those, though, 
See, here's the thing. You ever heard of, you know, read the fine print? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you got to read the fine print on mm-hmm. those outlets. And, <laughs> and you can use those aluminum rated outlets, but it requires yearly maintenance. So what that means is you got to pull that outlet out and re-torque or re-tighten down that screw. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, how user-friendly is it? I mean, not as an electrician, am I even going to do that in my own house? You know, reality no. is no. nobody's going to do that. Right. So let's just go ahead and, and copper that yeah. guy out. Now, yeah, well said. You can buy the purple wire nuts, but the problem with um, the purple wire nuts is, again, manufacturer details say that these wire nuts are for temporary use. You really want the Illumicons. Now, the problem with the Illumicons, Jay, is they're about three bucks a piece. And that's if even if you go to Lowe's yourself and buy them, which that's m- what to you're make sure pay. everybody understands, the Illumicons are like a a how do I describe it in the in the automotive world? It's basically like a post with a screw that you would actually instead of twisting the wire, you know, a nut onto the two wires that have been twisted right. together, you're literally putting both wires straight into posts that yep. you're then screwing down with a a screw that is smashing on that wire correct. that's then pressing that against the terminal. Am I saying that correctly? Yes, each wire has its own gotcha. connection point. I assume they make those two, three, four, however uh, many you want to do. Two and three, okay. yeah, gotcha. you, you get into, <laughs> some boxes have more than three wires and it gets pretty full. Gotcha. Okay. I've so, seen a lot of uh, purple, um, oh, I'd say. Wire nuts? The wire nuts yeah. that have been crimped Okay. And I hear there are just a couple of companies in, in Denver that do that that type of uh, crimping. Yes. They need to have a special tool, and they are the only uh, companies that are certified. Is that true, or is that false these days? No, that is correct. That is correct. And and in my opinion, um, that is the that's the Cadillac. Um, that's the way to go. But it's it's very expensive for that tool. It's very yeah. it's very time. Um, you know, very time intensive. And so, you know, if you're hiring one company that's doing the crimping and another company that's doing the Illumicons, the crimping's probably going to be a little bit more. Um, but it is definitely the way to go. I mean, I would prefer to crimp everything. But sometimes, too, you're dealing with wires that, that you know, have been there since the 70s. I mean, that's like some 50, 60 years right, ago. Right, And And, you know, you have to get the crimper in there. So an electrical box is, you know, deep into the wall. And if you don't have enough wire coming out of that box, that's going to be hard to get a crimp on there. It's going to be mm-hmm. hard to get a crimper on there. Gotcha. But, yes, to answer your question, Jay, yes, that's the way to go for sure. And what's a crimper look like? Is it a regular type crimper we would use in the automotive world, or is it something completely different? Yeah, it's, so you, it's, it's, it's a barrel type thing, or sometimes it's, uh, you know, like a wire nut, and the crimp machine comes on there. And the cool thing about those, and I, I can't remember the name of the company that off the top of my head, but after you crimp it, it shrink wraps it. You shrink wrap uh, it, and you, you know. That's you, why it's expensive. There you yeah. go. Now, you, now you're making more sense. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. it's, it's <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's definitely pricey, but yeah, Jay, that's the way okay. to go for sure. But you're going to pay for it. You know, you're going to pay for it. And the Illumicons are, are totally, you know, code compliant and totally acceptable. All right, gotcha. now go to the breakers. Most of your breakers these days are rated for both aluminum and copper. Okay. And so I never, and I have done hundreds of service changes with aluminum wiring, uh, all of them with inspections, and have never had a problem with them because it is totally acceptable if you take that aluminum to the breaker, as long as that breaker is rated. And you can tell because it'll say AL slash CO. Right, right. Right, and that's totally... Which of the AL is aluminum, CO is copper. Right. Gotcha. And um, so what a lot of people will do too is the, there's the Nolox I mentioned earlier. It's this this compound, this goop, is they'll take that aluminum wire and they'll you know slam it into the, the jug of Nolox and then terminate it. 
that's, um, again, there's a problem with that. That's not correct. If you read the manufacturers, it's supposed to be thinly painted on, but at the end of the day, uh, you don't need it. And I have, again, done hundreds of these, and I have not no-locked a one of them. And the inspector is like, yeah, you don't need to do that. Because think about it. If you goop it up, and then over time, that stuff disintegrates, you've now lost your torque, right? Because mm -hmm. that goop creates a little bit of a space between the breaker. Yeah, for working. Yep. Yeah, yep. makes sense. It. And then um, your last question was, oh, Romex in the basement. So... Um, you know what? Hold that thought. We got to take a break. Okay. That's, that's, a, that's a great break. Uh, Jay, hang tight. Steve, also, you got a question uh, for, for uh, Bill as well. Hang tight. We got Bill from Arc Electric with us. Any other electrical questions, by the way, give us a call 303 477 5600. Jay, hang tight. We'll come right back. Fix It Radio, KLZ 560. Rates are like a roller coaster lately. Are you concerned about the future and how to protect your home? Do you want to become mortgage safe? Take AIM, Affordable Interest Mortgage. With home values still at their highest level ever and rates at historic lows, now may be the best time to be prepared if the economy changes. Last time, many of our friends lost their home when it was unnecessary. Take AIM, 720-895-0500. Many of our clients have the ability to tap their equity should the economy change, all without having to borrow the money now. We can show you how to access your equity in these uncertain times to give you peace of mind and allow you to focus on what's important your family. Call Affordable Interest Mortgage at 720-895-0500. That's 720-895-0500. We are locally owned and operated since 2001. Our reputation of putting you first with straight answers and listening are unmatched in Colorado. Let us help you protect your home. Take AIM, 720-895-0500, where it's all about you. Paul Lewinberger of American National Insurance will make you financially whole. Losing your home or vehicle in a disaster will leave an emotional impact, no matter how much insurance you buy, but it doesn't need to hurt you financially. John Rush personally knows homeowners who have ended up in bankruptcy because they didn't have proper insurance. Even after their houses were completely destroyed, they still had to make mortgage payments. Imagine trying to find a new place to live while still paying a mortgage on your old house, which no longer exists. The same thing has happened to vehicle owners who continue to make payments on totaled vehicles because they didn't have enough coverage to make them financially whole. The personal insurance agent of John Rush, Paul Lewinberger of American National Insurance, will make sure that even in a disaster, you will be made financially whole. Call 303-662-0789 for the coverage you expect. Now is the time to zero in on your target audience. So many businesses spread themselves too thin by trying to reach an enormous pool of customers. John Rush can help you define your niche, trimming the fat so you can maximize your profits, not just surviving the shutdowns, but actually beating out your competition with smarter business strategies. You've done a good job staying afloat. Now it's time to hone in on your most profitable customers. Reach John now at RushToReason.com. All right, Fix It Radio, KLZ 560. Thanks for joining us. Myself, Dennis Brewster, and Bill Anderson, Arc Electric, with us today. Jay Berger, also a real estate agent. Lots of great questions, by the way, Jay. I appreciate it very much. Okay, so for everybody listening that may have just joined us, give us what that last question is about the basements, Jay, and then we'll get that answered. Well, I run into a lot of wiring that is uh, an after-the-fact homeowner's job, typically speaking, where they've taken a wire, they've spliced it, mm -hmm. they've... They've, uh, you know, 
covered it with a bunch of electrical tape, and they've called it a good to go. Most of the time, a home inspector will say, and I agree with the home inspector, that that would certainly be improper. The wire needs to be cut and then put into a junction box, and typically uh, a hole would be drilled in the floor joist to get the wire up into that box instead of below the floor joist. I see what you're saying. How often do you see that correction needed in an unfinished area versus a finished area, of course? Great question. Down ceiling. Yeah, great question. And then I see uh, spliced wires in attics where junction boxes need to be added, GFCIs need to be added in kitchens and bathrooms and garages. Uh, are there any areas where uh, they would be considered to be safe? Uh, well, a GFCI, is that needed in a garage, would you say, Bill? All right. Yeah, you're um, you're hitting a lot of yeah. Let's go back to the base. Let's go to the basement here. first. Um, well, that's me. <laughs> He's talking about my wiring now. Oh, <laughs> no, there we I'm go. Just no, there we go. I'm just yeah, kidding. Dennis, you're you're a side topic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Uh, okay, so here's what code says: um, if that wire is under a certain size, uh, it has to be protected against physical damage, and so running it underneath floor joists. Is you know, it's it's exposed to, to physical damage, okay? Sure. Um, so if you run it along, let's say, the gas pipe, because some, oftentimes they hold the gas pipe and some water lines, and you run it alongside there, that's okay, because it's going to hit the gas pipe or it's going to hit the water line before it hits your electrical, okay? You can also put what we call running boards in. So as long as that's about an inch and a quarter away from the surface, okay? So if you lay a two-by-four on the side or whatever and run it as a running board... And a lot of counties, especially Rapo County, you have to do this in your attic. I mean, think about that. What kind of physical damage are you going to be exposed to in an attic? None. It doesn't matter. They they say you got to put running boards if you're going to run it across. So the what they're board. saying is you put that wow. board down and run the wire along that board. Is that what I'm thinking? Yes. So it, so it hits the okay. board first before okay. it hits the wire. Okay. Um, that's one way to mitigate it. If it's running alongside, like I said, uh, a gas pipe or a water line or a drain pipe or you're something, still okay. you're still okay. If it's running out in the middle of nowhere, yeah, that... Jay, that needs to be um, drilled into the into the studs for physical protection. But see, in a in a joist, in a in a joist, like if you're in your basement and you're going to put a ceiling in and stuff and do some wiring, they have holes like in the middle of the joist where you run some do. wire. The newer ones, the, the, the old houses don't. The TGIs do, yeah, yeah. Well, mine was built in '93 and it had it. Right. And I ran those wires in there and made right. sure it was tight right. and stuff. But yeah. Yeah, and the old that would be the okay. Old ones you have to drill them. Yeah. Where they were built with two by eights, two by sixes, you've got to drill right. those, correct? Right. Okay. And then okay. there's a certain location where the drilling needs to take place as well, and that is two and a half inches from the top? Uh, just an inch and a quarter from the edge. Inch and a quarter yeah. from either edge, top or bottom? Yeah, because you don't want a drywall screw or something to go into it. You know, if you get a two-inch screw and you're below an inch and a quarter, you're going to run a screw right through there. And we've had to fix a lot of that. You know, people have had uh, their houses recited, and, and for some reason they use four-inch nails. <laughs> yeah. What, what long screw going in? Yeah. Gotcha. Now, these days they require right? What was that, Jay? Oh, sorry. Safety plates. <laughs> if, you're, if you're below that inch and a quarter, you, we put in what we call notch plates, um, and yes. they're just a little steel plate, and they're, they're fairly cheap. They're like 16 or so cents a piece, and they're, they're a protection plate, nail plate. Plumbers use them, too, a lot. Yeah. All right. And then the last one, GFCIs in uh, garages. Great question, by the way. So... You know, I have a little bit of different take on, on this. So we have to understand what a GFI does. And what a GFI 
GFI does is it ground it protects you from a ground fault. Ground That's fault interrupt, right? That's ground what it stands fault. for, right? All right, so let's let's make this as simple as possible. So you're you're sitting inside that GFI in a in a chair, and you're counting the electrons coming in on the on the hot wire, and you're counting the electrons going back on the white wire. If they differ, you know, if they differ, then you're going to go, oh, the electron has gone outside of mm. its intended path. Outside the pipe, basically. It must be going to ground. Mm. You open the switch. Okay? You throw it. You throw it. Gotcha. Okay. Done. So done. Now I want you to think of this. Okay. If you're standing in your bedroom on a wooden floor, no sink, no anything around, what's your connection to earth? There is none. Right? Uh, and that's the definition yeah. of ground per code. It's the earth. I can right now where we're sitting in this studio, I could grab a hot wire and, and be just fine. But as soon as I reach over and touch something that's grounded, now I'm making the connection. Okay, so what makes the connection to Earth? Water lines. Um, and, and you even question that sometimes now yeah. because of all the PECs yeah. and all the PVC, but water lines, um, concrete, mm. okay? Uh, obviously, if you're outside and you're standing in the dirt, in the mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, anything that can cause a connection to Earth. So in a real estate deal, Understand the the NEC National Electric Code changes every three years, mm -hmm. and so if you have a house that was built in the seventy, nobody, including the authority having jurisdiction, the principal, you know, the uh, right. the the you know, code authorities right. expect Validate. you to update that every three years, right? Yep. Yeah. So we have a grandfather, and and you know, home inspectors love to GFI the place. Okay, so twenty twenty. You know, we have to GFI, in 2020, we have to GFI the entire basement now. Darn everything, right? At, well, not, not everything, but kitchens, bathrooms, garages, basements. The entire basement has to be GFI'd. Because, the big because of everything you just said. Right, because the big popular thing now is, is people are just finishing the concrete. And, and uh, there's no carpet. Right. Right? Oh, yeah. You're standing yeah, on true. the I earth. I thought about that. And so, uh. um, and so they go in and they go, oh, you've got to GFI everything. So <sighs> there's such a thing called grandfathering in. And so, you know, per code, an inspector isn't going to go in there and go, okay, you have to update everything. All right. Mm. There's that one side. Now let's take the other side of the plate. Let's talk about just basic safety. Mm. If I'm looking at it from basic safety, wherever there's a source of water or garage or a basement, I'm probably going to want to go ahead and GFI that just for, just for the moral keeping people safe. Okay. Sure. Um, but you got other problems too. So, a lot of people say, well, you have to, you have to GFI your, your washing machine and your laundry. But where's that plug often? Way behind, behind it normally. Behind behind it. It. So now yeah. you've violated another code because the code says that that GFI has to be, be readily accessible. accessible. Yes. Right? Yeah. 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 Or, or one of my other ones is, hey, we got to GFI the sump pump or GFI things like that, you know, and now I've got a, a, a sump pump. Or a condensate pump in a furnace that's in a crawl space because it's an unfinished area. Now I got a GFI. That GFI clicks. Nobody knows it. Are you going to click it back just, on? Now you just flooded your well place. Said. So yeah. it's it's yes. There's common sense and Makes there's sense. code and there's all kinds of crazy things that happen with that. But um, Jay, to, to just answer your question, I would GFI garages. I would GFI outside. I would GFI an unfinished basement. I would GFI kitchens. I would GFI bathrooms. I would GFI all. Why this. not? They're cost-effective, and they, uh, they certainly comply with home inspectors. And, uh, and they're not near as expensive, Jay, as they used to be. They've they're, come down a lot in price. They're about 30 bucks a piece. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're about 30 bucks a piece. So they've kind of gone up, but that's because of there's, 
you know, they, we used to buy them for like 12 bucks. Ah. And now they're, now because now you got to get tamper proof. Okay. And, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's just, see, that's why, Jay, that's why it's so important to get somebody in there that knows what they're doing. Um, you know, here's another thing with real estate, and you're a real estate agent, correct, Jay? Yes. So a lot of times in um, objection resolution, we'll put, hey, hire a licensed electrician. Um, you need to not use that verbiage. You need to say hire a licensed contractor because a licensed electrician could be the guy down the road that's got a license in his pocket, but he doesn't have the insurance. He doesn't have the business set up. And if something happens, you guys have no protection, right? When you hire an electrical contractor that has that stuff, that has the insurance, you know, you, you have a fallback. That's your insurance to go back and say, hey, somebody got hurt. Mm. Somebody's going to pay. Great point. You know, yeah. great point. Great point. And again, Jay Berger, just give you a real quick plug. Jay, your commercial's coming up in a minute, but Berger Real Estate. Give them your phone number real quick, Jay, for folks looking to buy or sell a home. 303-829-8495. However, I like to get my homeowners uh, prepped in advance to get a lot of these electric laws mm, in. Makes sense. Prior to yeah, good job. going on the market. Yeah, yeah. good job. And well, Jay, well I actually done, Jay. have a... Um, as soon as I leave the radio show here, I have an electrical inspection for a real estate deal where they've hired sure. me to come in there and do a separate inspection. And so sometimes we can do these inspections, a pre-inspection, to try to mitigate some of these things before the Makes home sense. inspector comes in. Or how about a new build? Yeah, I mean, new builds are, uh, you know... That electrical phase of the, uh, of the new build. Yeah, especially with the pace that people are, are building them and the pace of the inspectors and... You know, interesting enough with this whole COVID thing, we just did an inspection. I can't think of where that was at, but uh, the inspector did it from home. We had to remote in with our phone and walk through the property. I mean, technically we got the inspection, but what's, what was the quality of that inspection? Well, right. Yep. Great, point. great point. Jay, as always, really appreciate all you do. Thanks for what you're doing for our listeners as well. Great questions, by the way. Yep. Thank you, Bill. You Good stuff, Jay. Appreciate it again, Jay and Jay and Bonnie Berger, uh, Berger Real Estate. Really appreciate them joining us. And the way you spell Berger, it's B U E R G E R. Steve, we'll be right back with you in a minute. Don't go anywhere. We'll come right back. This is Fix It Radio, KLZ five sixty. Your home insurance should include the stuff inside your house too. The personal insurance agent of John Rush, Paul Lewinberger, with American National Insurance, remains one of very few agents who will sit down with you and ask specific, detailed questions making sure that in a disaster, you will be made financially whole. After a fire, you won't only need a new place to live, you'll also need to replace your gun collection and your jewelry. In those situations, you don't want to work with an agent you found online. You want to talk to someone who knows you, someone who will take the initiative to call and see how you're doing. Even in less disastrous situations, such as accidentally dropping your wedding ring down the sink, the proper coverage with Paul will make you financially whole. Paul Lewinberger can't relieve the emotional loss of a family heirloom, but he will make sure that you can replace your possessions at their full financial value. Call 303-662-0789 for the coverage you expect. Have you recently thought, what is my home worth? Should I sell it and move to a new location? Make an upgrade or downgrade? Call Jay and Bonnie Berger at Berger & Company Real Estate. They can help you make an evaluation of your current home and help you find the home of your dreams. Here's just one example of what they can do for you. 
If you're looking for a thoughtful, detailed broker who will have your best interest every step of the way, I highly recommend Jay and Bonnie Berger. They have gone above and beyond from the first time we met with them through the closing process and actually after the closing as well. We interviewed four realtors, all who were experienced and knowledgeable in the Parker and Greater Denver area. Jay and Bonnie brought a fresh perspective and more detailed approach than any of the other three realtors. Their attention to detail was impeccable, from what they thought we could list our house for, to touching at paint on the walls, to suggestions that help with inspection, to line-by-line -line items on the settlement. Jay's nickname should be Mr. Detail. I'm sure there are other great brokers out there, but I would easily say that Burger & Company Real Estate is one of the best in the greater Denver area. On top of everything, Jay and Bonnie went above and beyond to ensure it was a smooth process as we had a short window of opportunity to sell our home and relocate before three girls started school in Idaho. My husband and I were able to focus on getting ready for the move while they focused on the details of the sale of our home and they kept us informed every step of the way. I can't say enough how thankful we are that we chose the burgers to represent us and sell our home. I highly recommend Jay and Bonnie and we would absolutely work with them again in the future. So if you're thinking of buying or selling, call Mr. and Mrs. Detail, Burger and Company Real Estate. Find them at burgerrealestate.net, that's spelled B-U-E-R-G-E-R, -E or find them on fixitradio.com. Take AIM. Affordable Interest Mortgage has been offering the Asset Manager all-in-one loan for over 11 years. We are experienced in helping homeowners pay thousands less in interest on their mortgage, own their home faster, all without spending one dime more. 720-895-0500. Take AIM. Affordable Interest Mortgage, where we have hundreds of clients that have been using this loans to build their equity faster, access emergency funds when necessary, and pay off their home in 8 to 13 years versus 25 to 30. People initially believe this loan is too good to be true, but it is true. Call 720-895-0500 now to see if you qualify. Loans from $100,000 to $2.5 million, same rate. Ask our previous clients. They will tell you it works. Call 720-895-0500 and work with the experts. This loan has been around since 1965. Affordable interest mortgage, where it's all about you. 720-895-0500. Regulated by DOOR, NMLS 298191, Equal Credit Lender. Fix It Radio, KLZ 560. Myself, Dennis Brewster, Bill from Arc Electric. And by the way, all of our sponsors, easiest thing to do, just go to fixitradio.com. Click on their icon there, their logo. It'll take you right to the website. That's the best way to do it. You can find all of our sponsors there, and we appreciate each and every one of them as well and it's arc electric ark by the way arc electric steve you're up next what's going on today sir good morning gentlemen hope you're having a stupendous saturday so far so yeah, good thanks for holding a thoughts on the, yeah, on the handyman issue there's small h and capital h handyman i think most people are probably unaware as i was at least here in el paso county if you're going to do anything on a deck a you need a permit b you need, need to make sure it complies with all setback requirements and this includes just rebuilding uh you know joyce Correct. And uh, floorboards and Correct. stairs. Regional can come along if they want to and say, you got to tear the whole thing down, but even if it slides by, it'll be an issue on resale. And then yeah. uh, second item, you know, I, sometimes I don't get stuff. We have a relatively, well, it's a 23-year-old house. It was a model. And the girls, while they're cremating their hair in the master bath, it pops, and there's no GFIs on either of the outlets. I'm going, huh, well, maybe it's a hall bath. Nope, it's got one. Maybe it's in the main level bath. Nope, it's got one. That's not it. Maybe it's in the lower level bath. Nope. It took me forever to find it. I hate that. And it was located on the sidewall 
of a cabinet in the garage. And I'm going, wait a minute, I thought it was code. They have GFIs and baths. Apparently not. It's like they got the whole house finished and go, oops, we need a GFI. Yeah, and, and Steve, I want to stop for just a moment because, Bill, one of my biggest pet peeves is what he just talked about. You, right. know, you go try to help somebody where all of a sudden you know, there's no power to an outlet and you know it's a GFI trip someplace and you're literally tearing the house apart to figure out where the plug is. Why don't they do it where it just makes sense as to where that actual GFI should go? Right now, in this case, in this case, why is it you know a level down in the garage, for example? Why do they do that? So remember what I said: code changes every three years. Gotcha. And so in the '90s and and beyond, mm -hmm. uh, what code said was that that had to be GFI protected. Okay. And there was no requirement that the bathroom had to be on its own circuit. Today, the bathrooms have to be on its own circuit. You can either GFI and what we call daisy chain or line load the GFI. Okay, and I'll get to that in just a second. But if you line load like put the GFI in the master bathroom, then you can hit all the other bathrooms, okay, on that same circuit. Now, I can also take a circuit to the bathroom, hit the, hit the bathroom outlet, and then hit the lighting. But then if I do that, the circuit can't leave the bathroom, okay? That's how today's code is. Um, stepping but back it wasn't and, that way, say, correct. 10 years ago. 10 years ago, what we would do is, and this is what the code said we could do, Okay, now you got to think, when you're building houses... There's expense to it. There's expense. So you're going to do as cheap as possible. So you're going to come out of your panel, you're going to hit your, um, your garage, right? You're going to put that GFI there. And then on the load side, which is what daisy chaining, load, line, load, I'm going to go from that, I'm going to hit my front door outlet, my back door outlet, I'm going to hit the powder bath, I'm going to go upstairs and hit those bathrooms. They are all GFI protected. Okay, because if I take my GFI tester and stick it in your bathroom, hit the button, it's going to trip the GFI. It's going to trip the GFI in the garage. Mm. Um, what I can't understand is all, all the three other baths do have GFIs at the outlet except for the upper, upper level master. It all, I don't get it. It all boils down to how they wired the house, right? The, sure. the routing and the path of the wires, how they rough the house in, determines where they put the GFIs. Okay. So, or at least give sense. you a briefing. At least give you a briefing when you buy the house. So you don't go crazy trying. <laughs> you to You need buy a map. It. Yeah. <laughs> well, next, you need a yeah, wiring next, diagram next. like on a car, Steve. Right. Well, what happens yeah, if next, you next item? Well, real quick. Oh, go ahead. What happens if you were to take out the GFI in the in the garage and put it in the bathroom and now just change know. out the outlet, swap the outlets? Now you no longer have GFI in the garage, Correct. which you should want. Correct. But it would be on that same circuit, well, wouldn't well, it? Uh, no. Yeah. No, it has to be on the low side. Has to be on the front side. Oh, you're that's saying true. leave the GFI in the garage and put in GFIs at the two outlets in the bath? If if you do that, you have to put everything on the line side of the GFI because if you if you put GFIs in what we would call series, they will fight each other and they will trip each other. Right. Okay. Right. So um, get rid get rid of the GFI in the garage and just put them in the outlets in the bath. No. 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 no because you can't now, do now that. you don't have GFI in the garage. You got to yeah. GFI the garage. Rewire the GFI in the garage so that the load. Gotcha goes to the line so both both wires are on the line and if you look at the back of gfi it says line load you put both of okay. the wires underneath the line then you can put a gfi in the bathroom but why wouldn't they do that it's cost right you got a you got a 35 cent outlet versus a 12 dollar gfi and i'm going into 1990 code right right, right. Um, today it would be a 30 dollar thing but today it has to be GFI and arc faulted, and so today we're going to put that GFI protection in your panel. Okay. Well, at least the other three baths do have GFIs at the outlets. Anyway, next item I think your listeners are really going to want to know: these uh, Samsung washing machine dryers. We had an issue. We bought new ones three years ago. 
the washing machine front load. Yeah. It vibrated so severely, the top was coming off. It was bouncing around five inches in the dryer. It took me ever to find out a solution. And a friend mentioned, and by the way, we had the extended warranty. The warranty company comes out twice. They gave up, refunded the cost of the warranty and the machine. <laughs> and the simple solution that people are going to love is take some bricks or tiles and stick them in that lower drawer to give it some lower ballast, problem solved. And then um, the next issue for this gentleman, we have got, as you know, tens of thousands of these FedPak crappy boxes. And they're going to have to replace them in most cases on sale. But my question is, of course, for a house, it's normally four or five grand for like a 150-amp panel. But on the multi-unit stuff, they look just little 50-amp panels. And I've seen those neutrals glowing red. And as you know, FedPak was decertified by UL. They're a piece of garbage. But if you ever figure out a cost-effective way to fix all these small 50-amp panels in multi-unit buildings, you can buy your island in the Caribbean. Yeah, I guess I'm not quite tracking with you again. Could you could you restate that again? The Federal Pacific panels? Oh, the FPE. Okay, your, now I got gotcha. you. What's your garbage? Right. Whether they're, they're in houses right. or multi-unit, they're mm -hmm. garbage, and they were mm -hmm. certified by Underwriters Labs a mm -hmm. long time ago. company yeah. goes bankrupt. Yeah. They're generally going to have to be replaced on resale. And on houses mm -hmm. for 150 amp panels, mm -hmm. they're running four or five grand. But the multi-unit stuff just has these little mm -hmm. 50 amp jobs. I know what you're talking about. And mm -hmm. I've seen that neutral glowing red getting ready to take down the house. Mm -hmm. But it's not cost-effective to spend 1500 bucks mm -hmm. per unit times whatever. Right. So right. if you come up with a cost-effective way to replace yeah. those little fed well, back 50-amp panels in these rentals, you will buy yourself an island in the Caribbean. And, Steve, we, we do quite a bit of that, actually. Um, we do sure. go in and there. We change that. Zensco is also in a lot of multifamily. And, and we'll go in there. They're interior panels. They're, they're actually classified as a sub-panel because in an apartment complex or a townhome or whatever, you have an electrical room or the main breaker will be out at the – at the switchboard or the um, the meter stack, if you will, and so we can go in there and we could change that out, uh, and we do that quite often. We put in a you know a newer panel, an Eaton panel, and stuff. Um, I mean, the scary thing is, and we started the show off uh, talking about FPE panels, and that is yeah. uh, at mm -hmm. Federal Pacific Electric is what mm -hmm. uh, you're referring to there, Steve. And um, you know, the scary thing is too is you know most of downtown's built with FPE panels, <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> all no. the buildings. Last quick question. No. Last quick question on panels. Um, the homestead has a challenger panel, which I've had no problems with. Mm -hmm. It's gotten good reviews. I made a mistake in uh, cutting a check for a 22 grand solar system. Even though they looked at it before they came up with the numbers, the second guy out says, oh, no, 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 we're not going to mess with the challenger panel. Oh, and I said, why? He says, well, we don't like them. So I said, fine, give me my check back, and they did. But I don't understand because Challenger, what's your opinion of Challenger panels? Yeah, Challenger's okay. Um, they've been bought out by Eaton, and so Eaton now right. owns Challenger and, and Cutler Hammer and a couple different brands. And, and you know, Eaton has taken on the responsibility to to manufacture replacement breakers and things that will, that will fit within them. So I have no problem with Challenger panels. I haven't had any issues. I don't know why they would, but thanks, Jens. I sure enjoy your show. No, good thank stuff. You. Steve, thank you very much. Great questions, by the way. Bill in Lakewood, Jeff in Western Montana. Hang tight. We'll come right back to you. Don't go anywhere. Fix It Radio, KLZ 560. Rates are like a roller coaster lately. Are you concerned about the future and how to protect your home? Do you want to become mortgage safe? Take AIM, Affordable Interest Mortgage. With home values still at their highest level ever, and rates at historic lows, now may be the best time to be prepared if the economy changes. Last time, many of our friends lost their home when it was unnecessary. Take AIM, 720-895-0500. Many of our clients have the ability to tap their equity should the economy change, all without having to borrow the money now. 
We can show you how to access your equity in these uncertain times to give you peace of mind and allow you to focus on what's important, your family. Call Affordable Interest Mortgage at 720-895-0500. That's 720-895-0500. We are locally owned and operated since 2001. Our reputation of putting you first with straight answers and listening are unmatched in Colorado. Let us help you protect your home. Take AIM, 720-895-0500, where it's all about you. Paul Lewinberger of American National Insurance will make you financially whole. Losing your home or vehicle in a disaster will leave an emotional impact, no matter how much insurance you buy, but it doesn't need to hurt you financially. John Rush personally knows homeowners who have ended up in bankruptcy because they didn't have proper insurance. Even after their houses were completely destroyed, they still had to make mortgage payments. Imagine trying to find a new place to live while still paying a mortgage on your old house, which no longer exists. The same thing has happened to vehicle owners who continue to make payments on totaled vehicles because they didn't have enough coverage to make them financially whole. The personal insurance agent of John Rush, Paul Lewinberger of American National Insurance, will make sure that even in a disaster, you will be made financially whole. Call 303-662-0789 for the coverage you expect. John Rush believes there's no such thing as normal. You always need to stay focused on the future, and this current environment is no different. The only difference now is that you have a rare opportunity to beat your competition as they stay stuck in survival mode. Not one of John's small business clients shut down during the quarantine. And believe it or not, none of them has seen a drop in overall revenue compared to last year. Hire John and stay focused on the future. RushToReason.com. All righty. Fix It Radio, KLZ 560. Great show today, by the way. Thanks for joining us all. We really appreciate it. Bill from Arc Electric with us today. It's A-R-K, Arc Electric. Bill in Lakewood, you're next. What's going on, Bill? I don't know. You guys made me sick. Hey, Bill, real quick also, when I get done, I'm going to put you on hold. I've got a, a li- another listener that might be interested in buying your truck, so I'm going to go ahead and put you on hold when we're done and get your info so I can pass that along. Is that okay? Okay. All right, perfect. What's your question? Hey, well, so my house was... It was built, well, we bought the house in 1984, and in the 96, we had it on, and I, you would never know that I bought the house from an electrician. Well, anyway, in the I have a building in the back, and when I added on, the guy used indoor wiring to, to run the wire back there. So the, the contractor just cut it, and we left it blank. And there's a panel back there. Chances are that's going to be out of code now since it's so old. Right. So explain that one more time. Yeah, I didn't follow that. Go ahead, Bill. Say it again. I bought the house in 84. Okay. 96, we added on. That's all I'm leading up to. I have a building in the back that's a real building. So an outbuilding. Yes. And there was full electricity out there. But when I added on, the, the the, the guy ran indoor wiring to the building in the back. So all the coding was, so they just cut it, and there's been no power back there since 96. Mm. So, and there's a panel back there, a circuit breaker panel. So that's going to be out of code, isn't it? Not, not necessarily. Are you saying he ran indoor wiring to the building or yes. ran door yes. in, indoor no. wiring within the yeah. building? To yes. the building. From the breaker box to the building. How did he run it? Underground or overhead? 
above in the air. Oh, so he, he just, just ran Romex up in the air and strung it right. out there? Is that what he did? Right, exactly. Oh, gotcha. Oh, yeah, gotcha. he didn't cover it that's at like, all? Yeah, no. that's, that's not going to yeah. work. Yeah. <laughs> that that won't fly, Orville. <laughs> yeah, but that's a, that's an easy solution there, Bill. We just, yeah. you know, you put, you put up a couple risers and you run over triplex. Um, you can run over number six. I don't know what size of the panel is in your... And, and the only there. reason I want electricity back there is like when I got to jump my riding lawnmower and stuff like oh, that. Oh, no, it's great. No, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, it is. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's a necessity. Oh, man, that's why I don't want to live in the dark ages. This <laughs> is awesome. I love electricity. Would I be better off just putting a, 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 um, a plug on the back of my house, tying into one of the outlets in the house? How, how far is the outbuilding from your house? Oh, probably 40, 50 feet. No, you you would oh. want to do what Bill just let's said. Just, let's just refeed that guy and get it get it up for you because, you know, I, we what, what you just suggested we call putting Band-Aids on things, you know, and, and you know, you sometimes it may be a little bit, you know, more expensive. But, but, but down the road when you go to sell, Bill, yeah, exactly. you're, you're going to get your money back exactly. out of it by doing that correctly, especially in that case because, to your point, anybody with an outbuilding like that's going to want to have power to it. Yeah. And it adds more value. Exactly. Yeah. So you're going to get your money back out of that bill. And you run an extension cord, I'll guarantee a rabbit's going to chew on that or a squirrel yeah, yeah, and you're going to be in bad trouble. We, yeah. We no, wire it up correctly. Yeah. We got foxes. Yeah. Wire it up correctly. Yeah. Get that off the yeah, ground. I called and... up your office last week. I told him I'd probably call on Monday and Perfect. I got a bunch of other stuff that needs to be done. Yeah. Bill, we'll I'm going to put you on care. hold real quick and let Larry get your number so that I can pass that along to another individual that wants to buy Bill's truck. I know that's from Drive Radio, but hey, what's, yeah. he's here. I'll take yes, it right now. So, right. Larry, get his number for me, if you would, Bill, from Lakewood there on line one. Jeff, in western Montana, you're next. Hey, good morning, all. How uh, we doing, sir? Yeah. We're fixing to get stormed on, but that's not a bad thing. No, it's there, not. Right? That's a good thing this time of year. Yeah, especially for you guys. Yes, Larry, we need some more. Pretty much under control right now. So. Yes. We pray that that continues. Uh, two quick stories about this. A friend of mine uh, had a house. We had a house in Colorado Springs. It was built in the 80s, and they did too. And uh, they had a GFI that tripped, and he was all over that house. He couldn't find it until finally he pulled the couch out in the finished basement. And behind the couch was the GFI. And yeah. I mean, it just. That can be nerve wracking. Yeah, it was. How, how do we fix this? So, well, well, uh, question the, well, before you put the couch there, it was easy as sex accessible. Well, I guess, yeah. but <laughs> the question know. I have for Bill, is there any easy way to determine where a trip GFI is without just physically tearing the house apart and finding it? Yeah, it's called 30 years of experience. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I he'd say that. And, and well, you know, in all seriousness, you know, we uh, we we know the go-to places, right. you know, yeah. and and often right. when you call our office, um, you know, Heidi or, or Caitlin, uh, they'll walk you through that procedure because, you know, we we don't like charging somebody to come out and push a button. Right. Um, you know, because it's just not, it just, you know, hey, hey, let's just help right. you out and walk you through the process. And uh, you call the office and you say, hey, did you check your GFIs, you check your breakers. Um, and we, we mitigate a lot of problems at no cost to nobody, you know, uh, just by walking you through that process. Gotcha. And we'll Perfect. say, you know, Perfect. hey, check your, check your outlets in your basement. Check your outlets, and you know a lot of times it's by the furnace where that GFI is. Um, a lot of times it's it's in a powder bathroom on the main level, and we'll walk you through that process to help help you with that. That's awesome. All right, but we also, if we end up, I was at a house in Colorado Springs, and his uh, it, it was a huge huge house down there in uh, Briarwood, and 
I spent three hours looking for that GFI. Now here, let me build the scenario for you. So it's a, it's th it was like four levels this house was. And so the GFIs were the outlets on the lower ground level outside weren't working. And I search and search. And so we have, we have this tool we call, we call it our X-ray eyes. It's, it's basically a tone generator and mm -hmm. we put it on the wires and we can, mm -hmm. we can go, go searching. I found that GFI in the attic mm -hmm. next to the furnace, which he had like three furnaces, mm -hmm. but we didn't know there was one in the attic. Mm -hmm. Three hours later, I finally wow. found that. And that was like, that you know, hurts. It's a, uh, it's, it's a struggle. A lot of times, you know, when we get called out, um, these GFIs in garages and in, in basements get buried behind boxes that they mm -hmm. forget about. Mm -hmm. And people just forget about it. I had, I've had people say, you know, I said, you got any outlets on this wall? Oh, no, 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 no. I've been, lived here for 30 years. There's no outlets in that wall. And I put my drone toner, toner on there and I, and there's something back there. And we, oh, I forgot about that one. You know, so um, it's, it's a tough thing. You know, just, you just got to look in those areas. We know where to look because we've just been doing it so long. But when you call us, we'll, we'll walk you through that process if we can. Perfect. Because to help you out. Perfect. Okay, a quick uh, quick story on uh, on my own house in the springs. We uh, I upgraded from 150 amp to a 200 amp panel, and when I pulled the old panel out, um, speaking to your story about nails, uh, I don't know what code says about exterior walls in Colorado now, but back then it was two by fours were okay, and so when they had sheathed inside of the house, they actually put a nail through the through the sheathing right into the breaker box, into the panel. And it had contacted one of the uh, one of the lugs, and so it actually the nail had actually melted, and so had the lug parts of the lug. So wow. it was, uh, yeah, it was one of those things. I mean, nobody ever got hurt, mm. no fire, nothing. But when I took it out, it was one of those holy cow moments where you go, you know, right? right. What what kind of a danger could this have wow. been? Mm -hmm. And not so good. You, you just you never know what you're going to find. Well said. Jeff, thank you very much. I appreciate the phone call, as always, Jeff in Western Montana. One quick question I have for, for Bill, just as an automotive guy. And I was looking up uh, while we were talking throughout the show, the crimp thing for the aluminum wires and so on. What's, what's the deal or, or what's the problem with using a regular automotive butt connector to connect two wires together on, you know, 120-volt? John, system. you shouldn't do that. I'm just asking why. <laughs> I have a friend of mine that did this. No, I'm asking no. why. Well, you because there's people out there. I'm sure have the same question. Yeah. Well, you got to look at the manufacturer, right? Again, it all kind of that's the that's the fine print, right? If you look at that manufacturer from your automotive part and it says that it is good for 120 volts or 600 volts, you or can whatever, use it as a crimp. Yeah, sure. Why not? I mean, um, that's and, and in general, I'm guessing the reason you don't do that. Is because of time and cost? Because it costs more. It's it's a more it's more time consuming to do that than it is to put a wire net on. Am I right? Well, or does it matter? Well, it, it depends on the wire length, right? Okay. Because so in a house, everything's daisy chained. So right. You, you go to one outlet, then you go right. to the other. You go right. to the other. You go to the other. So when you go to that outlet that has maybe three or four incoming wires, it's hard. You, you couldn't do a butt connector in that case. And then you need another pigtail coming out. Makes sense. How are you going to make that happen? Right. Which, right. by the way, as a side note. What we in the automotive world hate seeing is the opposite. Right. Nothing worse than working on a car and knowing somebody actually used a twisted wire nut on something automotive. And by the way, real that quick. That happens. Oh, you can't it do does that? happen. No, you can't do that. <laughs> no, no. And, the re and the reason for that, and Bill will understand that the reason for this is, and the reason why we use twisted wire, twisted copper wire on 
automotive versus straight wire is because of vibration. The car's driving right. down the road. Your house is not. So a car constantly has vibration from all sorts of things going on around it, not just traveling down the road, but just the way things operate, the harmonics of the engine and so on. And the reason you can't use a wire nut in a car is it will vibrate loose over time. That's why we use butt connectors crimped or or you know, uh, heat shrinked with solder or whatever. We do that on that side of the fence sure. because it won't last. So you, you can't do the opposite in reverse. I guess what you're saying is in certain cases, as long as the butt connector is rated for the 120 volt, you could... But you can't use a wire nut on the automotive side, is my point. You can't go backwards. Yeah. So, so you can't do it. You can do it in your home, but you can't do it in your car. That's right. Can you do it in your motor home? Oh, Never great mind. question. Never no, mind. that's a great question. They Which, do. No, by the way, and where I've, where I've saw some of this, by the way, and this happens a lot in the automotive world, guys in shops even that will wire trailer wiring, Yeah. you know, the, oh, the yeah. hot lead back to, to charge a battery or something, because it's cheap and easy, they just take Romex, They'll go up to the front of the car. They'll run Romex all along the frame. They'll 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 go to try try to charge the you know charge the the battery on the motorhome or whatever it happens or the travel trailer or whatever it happens to be. And they'll use Romex to do that. And you're looking at that thing. That's a great idea, but that copper wire is eventually going to break in two. Well, yeah. and and also too, electricity flows on the uh, outer outer right. uh, surface outer rims. of the of the copper wire. And so if you have a piece of Romex, you have that electricity flowing on basically one. Right. One conductor versus right. a, a stranded. Right. And now you've got all that. That's why, by the way, as a side note, and Bill's talking my language, that's why the more expensive the wire when it comes to automotive, the, the finer the strands will be. That's why when you yeah. look at welding cable, for example, versus regular battery cable. That's why I always used welding cable to do dual battery hookups and so on because welding cable is a lot of fine strands, right. back to what Bill just said, yeah. versus a few heavy wires wound together inside of a battery cable. Right, right. And it goes right. back to what you just said. So, guys, with that, we got to run. Bill, as always, yeah. enjoy talking. you got a lot of comments, even text-wise, that came in said, hey, really appreciate oh, Bill being you. on. We'll have you back. Really appreciate all you do, sir. Thank you. Thanks Arc Electric, us. find them at our website, fixitradio.com. We'll be back. Drive Radio is next. This has been Fix It Radio, KLZ 560.